So we'll yeah. have to see. I mean, I'll I'll get my test back either tonight or tomorrow morning. But I, you know, I spent a lot of time with Hope, and so does the first lady, and she's tremendous. I was a little surprised. The date: October second, two thousand twenty. The time: news o'clock. Hello, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. And uh, October 2nd is here. We d- uh, what? What? How, what? How has October already been a month? This is my question as well. Oh, my God. Um, th- so much happened yesterday. And going. I, th- I thought when I went to bed last night, or when I was like thinking about going to bed, rather, that I had a pretty solid idea of what we'd be talking about today. And then, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Oh, and then everything happened on Twitter.com. Okay, clearly a lot has happened since yesterday. Here's how BuzzFeed News reported the massive news that we're going to be discussing for the next basically forever. Quote, President Donald Trump has tested positive for the coronavirus, a destabilizing event that comes after he spent months downplaying the severity of COVID-19, refusing to regularly wear a mask, undercutting the government's top scientists, and so severely mismanaging the nation's response to the pandemic that more than 200,000 Americans are now dead. So let's go through the timeline from last night to now. It began, like so many stories, with hope. I want to let you know about some news that has broken late tonight. It was first reported by Bloomberg News. It's about Hope Hicks, one of the president's closest aides uh, and longest serving advisors. Uh, she has today tested positive for the coronavirus. Hope Hicks, of course, is a very high profile White House staffer. Hicks, it's been reported, had been feeling ill when flying back from a rally in Minnesota with the president on Wednesday evening. She then tested positive on Thursday morning. That prompted worries in the West Wing yesterday, where reporters saw a lot of people wearing masks for the first time. The president himself confirmed Hicks' diagnosis around 10 p.m. last night, Eastern Standard Time. So she did test positive. I just heard about this. She tested positive. She's a hard worker, a lot of masks. She wears masks a lot, but she tested positive. And I just went out with a test. I'll see what, you know, because we spent a lot of time, and the first lady just went out with a test also. So whether we quarantine or whether we have it, I, I don't know, you know. Then at just before 1 a.m., the president tweeted, quote, Tonight, Flotus and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. All caps. This morning, the New York Times reported that Trump was displaying mild, cold-like symptoms of the coronavirus. That's after seeming lethargic last night at a fundraiser he'd held at his Bedminster, New Jersey golf course, where he interacted with about 100 people. People around Trump have been wary about wearing masks and other precautions, knowing that the president took them as a slight. So should we be surprised? On the one hand, if you think about how President Donald Trump has handled the coronavirus pandemic over the last year, you can predict that he was possibly going to get this at some point based on how reckless he's often been in public when it comes to not wearing masks, doing big, large-scale rallies. And yet, it's this totally shocking thing that nobody really knows what to make of. That's Matt Berman, politics editor for BuzzFeed News. Last night's announcement set off a mad dash to figure out what this means for the president and the election. So we pinged Matt for his take. We're in a place right now where it's going to be a series of days before the most basic questions are answered from how serious is Trump's condition to who he may possibly expose. And when you think about it, like if he was to do the full CDC recommended quarantine of like 14 days, 
that's about half the time between now and the election. So this really changes a campaign, especially for him, where he's so reliant on like this big person-to-person contact. Like He likes nothing more than being in front of a big, roaring crowd of fans. We don't know if we're going to see that again. We don't know what the campaign's going to look like. We don't know how or if there are going to be debates coming up in the future. Like Everything that we thought we knew, which was already so tentative, is now just out the window. That just, there's a lot of question marks there. For now, everyone in government who's been around President Trump lately is being tested. Jared and Ivanka tested negative this morning, as did Vice President Mike Pence. But Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel announced that she had tested positive on Wednesday. She had last come into contact with the president on Friday. And as you may recall, there was a debate on Tuesday night, a.k.a. one day before Hope started showing symptoms. Former Vice President Joe Biden has tested negative, and we're still waiting to hear from Senator Kamala Harris at the time of this recording. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who, by the way, is third in line for the presidency, had this to say this morning. This is tragic. It's very sad. But it also is something that, that uh, again, uh, going into crowds, uh, unmasked and all the rest, was sort of a, a brazen invitation for something like this to happen. Sad that it did, uh, but nonetheless hopeful uh, that it will be a transition to a saner approach to what this virus is all about. So amazingly enough, uh, before the Hicks news broke, we all thought that there would be a different White House scandal as the news of the day. A former friend of First Lady Melania Trump released audio recordings of her downplaying the administration's child separation policy. Stephanie Winston Wolkoff was a friend of the First Lady and advisor to her in the East Wing until February 2018. This audio that she shared with CNN was taken in July 2018, after she'd left and just a year and a half into the Trump administration. At the time, nearly 3,000 kids had been split from their parents as a tactic to deter immigrants from crossing the border. Seemingly disillusioned with the coverage she was getting in response to that crisis, the first lady had this to say. They say I'm, I'm complicit. I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No. It's, where, it's, where I am, I put the, I'm working like a asthma, asthma, I know. Like Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f- about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but a hundred percent. You have and no then, choice. And okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, "Oh, what about the children that they were separated?" She went on to sound a lot like her husband, accusing the liberal media of hating her, and that being why they wouldn't talk about all the good things that she's done. Winston Wolkoff, who recorded that audio, has a book out now called Melania and Me, where she describes her relationship with the First Lady. That news from the recordings, of course, was quickly superseded last night by the reports that the First Lady had contracted COVID-19. That is a lot of news, and it's pretty much the only thing people are talking right now because it's like, yeah, we have a lot of questions. People don't really know what's happening. It's kind of like a taking it hour by hour. Right, and more wild stuff keeps coming out each hour, like the fact that uh, Senator Mike Lee tested positive as well, uh, that so many people were at this event for uh, the Supreme Court nominee uh, Amy Coney Barrett on Saturday last week. They were all in the Rose Garden without masks. Someone who was there was uh, the president of no Notre Dame uh, University. He also tested positive and he was at that event without a mask. Yeah. And I also want to talk about it's it's not just like the people, you know, high up in politics there. There's also other people who are like workers. Yeah. Right. You know, 
employees who were just there and who, you know, probably didn't ask to be a part of this. Right. I mean, between the people you had working at the debate to the people who are on the White House, like just maintenance staff, people who work at Bedminster, the golf course, where Trump decided to continue to go ahead and have his fundraiser, despite feeling bad last night, it seems like, and knowing that Hope Hicks had tested positive already. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I do. I do want to say this. Um, let's not let this distract us from what else is happening. Let's not stop talking about the voter suppression happening in Texas right now. Trump's taxes, the fact that he told white supremacists to stand by or that over 200,000 Americans have died from a virus that the president improperly handled. We cannot let this distract us and make us lose our balance. We can talk about both things right? and we must continue. We we got a month left at plus a couple of weeks. <laughs> plus a couple of weeks for counting. After that. I, oh my gosh. I, I completely agree. I mean, it's only the constraints of time on this show that is preventing us from going. Yes, we will continue to talk about everything else because, oh, this is this is going to be lingering. We, we know that he must quarantine for 10 plus more days, so it's going to be... Oh my god. He's going to bust out, though, man. <laughs> I give him three max. I give him three at maximum unless he's actually, like, in bed sick. Do you think that him and Melania Melania? Do you think that him and Melania are quarantining together? <laughs> <laughs> I in any other time that would be a no-brainer. I mean, I guess they I don't know. And where's Baron? What they're sleeping. <laughs> Baron is fine, okay. apparently. Baron tested negative. He's doing okay for the moment. Uh Baron's tall ass. He's so he's tall. Very tall. Have you seen the pictures? Anyway, he seems to be fine for now. Hopefully that's that stays the case. I just no one knows yet how widespread this is in the mm, White House yeah. yet. No one knows how many people in the West Wing have actually been infected. Yeah, and people are working on contact tracing right now um, to figure it out. You know, it's hard because they've got to figure out, like, I mean, like you said, where it's assumed where it could have started spreading and stuff like that. But it's like, oh, God. And then everyone left and who knows who they hung out with. It is it is overwhelming, to say the least. Yeah. Um, going to put Mike Pence in a bunker again. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. All right. So, Casey, please tell me that the pop culture world is just a little bit less chaotic <laughs> today than the everything else. OK, well, I think we could all use some good energy right now. And Rihanna is here to deliver. Her second Savage X Fenty fashion show is up on Amazon Prime now. And it's exactly what we need this weekend. The hour long special is another amazing display of music and dance. And yes, extremely well made lingerie. The Savage Collection has drawn high praise for its goal of making things that literally everyone can feel sexy in. Rihanna talked about how important that inclusivity is to her during the special. When I imagine something, I imagine everyone that I know and love being a part of it. I want to make stuff that I can see on the people that I know. And they come in all different shapes, sizes, races, religions whether that comes from my household in my childhood to the circle of family that I've created around me. I really care that they be a part of what I do. True to her word, this year's show showcased the most diverse and inclusive Savage collection yet, featuring male, female, and non-binary models. It also introduced the brand's first ever menswear line in collaboration with Christian Combs, who, by the way, is the son of Sean P. Diddy Combs. And yes, the show itself was also as glamorous and star-studded as you'd expect, with appearances from celebrities like Paris Hilton, Bella Hadid, Cara Delevingne, Normani, and Lizzo. Oh man, I am excited to sit and watch this this weekend. 
been. My fiance has been like hyped for it for a minute. So we're just going to sit, enjoy, and just forget about everything else for an hour while we watch the spectacle. As someone who once a month watches Rihanna and Seth Meyers like getting drunk special, oh, man. Yes. which is true magic. Everyone watch yes. it if you haven't. I'm on the same page as you, Hayes. All, uh, watching this this weekend, the special just like sounds like uh, absolutely amazing and what everyone needs. All right, and moving on, here's something I personally found fascinating. To make shooting the new season of Grey's Anatomy safer, the whole look of the show is going to be different. Showrunner Krista Vernoff sat down with Variety to talk about the upcoming 17th season, which, yes, 17. Did everyone hear that <laughs> number? so many. <laughs> the, the upcoming 17th season, which will incorporate the pandemic into the plotline. And one of the coolest measures they're taking is outfitting their cameras with new lenses to help actors appear closer than they really are. Other changes include changing filming schedules to minimize time on set, which means less scenes in each script. And nobody is allowed to speak in the hair and makeup trailer where the actors' faces are bare. Actors also have to do their own makeup touch-ups. Plus, the stars and anyone who gets within six feet of them have to be tested three times a week. Vernoff told Variety, quote, I keep saying to people, no, no, really, we've actually reinvented the wheel. We are changing everything everyone has ever understood about how you make television. Everything is changing, and I'm proud of what we're doing. What a statement. That is like... I'm impressed. I, I'm excited to see how this actually looks when it's done. I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy since literally season one. And I'm really curious to see what this looks like. Okay, well, I've seen every season and I love the show. <laughs> I mean, I and... didn't mean as a slight to you uh, no, or the no, show. No, no. But, um... <laughs> but I am, I was so, you know, like the, the makeup thing doesn't surprise me, but the new lenses, I was like, oh, that is so cool. They really do have to adapt. They really do. And I mean, um, I will say... I'm not annoyed in the slightest that the show is incorporating the pandemic because out of all of the shows right now, this is the show that's allowed to do it. You know, it's a medical TV show. They're affected. It's, it's just like, we're going to see them wearing different masks. I'm pretty sure we're going to see them wearing like the heavy duty ones that medical professionals have been wearing these last like eight to 10 months. Right. Plus I feel like in terms of the sort of drama that you can cover in a TV show, even one as soapy as Grey's Anatomy, I think that it's a good choice to have them highlight the struggle that doctors and nurses have gone through over these months uh, trying to deal with all of this. So, yeah, no, I think this is a great choice. Plus, you know, I'm getting tired of seeing plane crash after plane crash on the show. So this will be Have there been that many plane crashes? There How many have, planes have crashed? There, there have been definitely... Two to three, maybe four. <laughs> oh my god! I like I said, I remember the Super Bowl bomb episode, but I don't remember many plane crashes. So, huh? There's definitely, if not a plane crash, plane emergencies. I will say loosely, <laughs> maybe helicopters <laughs> thrown in there. It does happen. They cir- they circulate that storyline. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we've got Buzzfeed's Stephen Lacanti with us to dole out some much needed advice. Stay right there. SheFit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com 2022. 
What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Joining us again today is BuzzFeed writer and expert advice giver Stephen Laconte. If you haven't gotten the chance to hear from him on our show before, you have absolutely been missing out. Stephen keeps his DMs open on Twitter and Instagram so anyone can ask him for help with their problems at any time. Good to see you again, Stephen. Good to see you guys. I missed you both. Oh, yay. Ah, I feel all warm and cozy now on the inside. Okay, it's it's been a while, Stephen, but you know the drill. We read you some dilemmas from your DMs, anonymized for their privacy, and you provide some much-needed knowledge. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Let's do this. Okay, first up, this person's long-term boyfriend has started making lots of TikTok videos in quarantine. Who among us? But there's one issue. She doesn't think that they're very good. And he keeps asking her to share those posts on other social media, which she does, despite secretly thinking they're embarrassing. Should she tell him that she doesn't actually think he's funny or just keep going along with it? Okay, I think we have to parse this one out into two different questions. If the question is, do you have to lie and tell your boyfriend that his TikToks are funny? My answer is, yeah, probably you do. (laughs) Uh, I'm not saying you need to be overly effusive with your praise here. You don't need to tell him he's the next Jim Carrey. You don't have to go like crazy with it. But if he's having fun with this and the videos aren't hurting anyone, then I think this is one of those times where you simply nod and smile and say, good job. That seems like an easy enough, low-stakes way to support someone you love. But if the second question in your DM is, do you have to keep sharing his videos on your own social media? My answer (laughs) to that one is no. Your social media is your social media. You can absolutely let your boyfriend know that moving forward, you want to post your own content on your feed, not someone else's. And by the way, I actually think you probably should uh, stop sharing them because... I'm just going to hazard a guess here that part of the reason you've come to resent this newfound TikTok habit so much is because you're being forced to share it with your own family and friends. And I'm going to guess that once you eliminate that aspect of this, you'll find his videos are like 20% less annoying, which is something. So I think you let this be his thing, but it doesn't have to be your thing. So how do you have that conversation, though? Like, I I'm, I see myself trying to go through that conversation with a partner and failing at it miserably and just crashing and burning, like, not being able to convey, like, that boundary of, like, I, I want to just post my stuff on social media without hurting their feelings. I think you just said it, Hayes. Boundary is the word. 
everyone should have healthy boundaries. I think that like setting boundaries is a very healthy thing. And as soon as you say that B word, it should be like, okay, we can take a healthy step back. And I think, you know, you should be supportive. You should say good job. You should kind of fake laugh if you can. But I think it's also okay to say like, TikTok's not really my thing. Like, I don't really want to put TikToks on my page, but I'm supportive of you doing it on your page. I think it really can be that simple. Okay, next up. This person, like so many people, had to push back their wedding due to the pandemic. But as they make plans to reschedule their event to 2021, they're eyeing the guest list at one person in particular. He used to be a good friend until their relationship declined. The guests knew he was on the invite list, but no formal invitations have gone out yet. They've only spoken to this guy once in the last year and haven't seen him since before the engagement. He was only invited to spare their friend group the drama. They want to know, can the bride and groom uninvite someone to their post-corona wedding? See, I actually love questions like this because I get to channel my inner Emily Post. Uh, (laughs) I I love questions about, like, manners. Uh, My answer here is really simple. You definitely don't have to invite him. People are not actually invited to a wedding until they get something in the mail. That would be a save the date or an invite. Uh, And with the pandemic, I think people are very much expecting wedding plans to change and expecting the guest list to shift uh, shift around. At this point, unless you're literally the bride or groom, no wedding wedding invite is guaranteed. Add on to that the fact that you've had a falling out with this person. You've only spoken to him once in the past year, and this becomes a real no-brainer. Don't invite him to the wedding. You'll be relieved not to have him there. And frankly, he'll probably be a little bit relieved too. Yeah. And I feel like there would just be like, yes, the awkward sting for a moment when you have to do it. But the bottom line is that you haven't spoken to him in a year. You're probably not going to speak to him for maybe a couple more years. So it's like, it's fine. Enjoy your day. Right. And if someone from the friend group is like, why didn't you invite Anna to the wedding? I thought that they were coming. Like, then you invite him to yours. I mean, the pandemic is horrible, but one maybe saving grace of it is it gives you such an easy thing to point to. You just have to say if someone asks, oh, the pandemic changed our plans around. We had to kind of shuffle the guest list. You don't have to really go into it with people. Everyone kind of understands that everything is just going to be totally different now. And that's okay. Okay. Next up, this person is wondering at what point imitation stops being flattering. They ask, am I right to be weirded out that my friend is copying my aesthetic? They took pictures of various things in my house, like candles, crystals, and tarot decks, and then bought all the exact same items. This friend then went out and dyed their hair the exact same shade as our advice seeker. So, Stephen, how should this person handle being possibly swagger jacked? (laughs) By the way... I love the term swagger jacked. Um, I, th- I think this person has every right to be weirded out by this, by this kind of copycat behavior. Frankly, I would be weirded out by it too. Um, but in terms of whether you should actually confront this person, I think you really need to run a cost benefit analysis here and determine whether it's really worth having that uncomfortable conversation. Uh, that is basically to say, what do you actually materially gain by telling her to cut this out? Does your life actually improve in any tangible way if she stops copying you. And then on the flip side, what do you stand to lose by having that conversation? Is it going to hurt her or add unnecessary stress to your own life or maybe even ruin the friendship? Ultimately, you're the only one who can decide whether you stand to gain or lose more by telling this friend to get her own vibe. Um, But if it were me, 
I'd probably just let this go. As you said, imitation is the highest form of flattery, and I think you can choose to take this as a compliment that she's so inspired by your aesthetic. The behavior is weird and understandably annoying, but I'm not sure it rises to the level of harmful. And sometimes in life, when things annoy us, we just have to choose for our own sanity's sake to have a sense of humor about it and shrug it off. That's what I would do here. Okay, I've decided what she should do. Oh, gosh. What is it, Casey? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm excited. What should she do? No, number one, everything you just said, Stephen, okay? But here's one <laughs> thing that wasn't said that was also in her DM. This person who's been mimicking her life has also been posting on her, their Instagram, like, uh, all of these like mm. items they bought of her friends. So here's what I say. If keep an eye out on this Instagram and if the post gets very specific, like all of a sudden she's posing with her boyfriend, that's not that <laughs> boyfriend, then it might become concerning. <laughs> Wait, are you just citing the plot of like, what's that one Beyonce movie where someone takes over her, tries to take over her life? Obsessed. Thank obsessed you. with Allie Larder. There yes. we go. I knew you'd Wait, know that. Oh, or the other one with Aubrey Plaza. What's that one called? With with Elizabeth Olsen. Uh-huh. Is it, is it, uh, is someone goes west? Yes, Ingrid goes west. <laughs> Ingrid goes west. Oh, gosh. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that part. It's kind of weird if, you know, you have that, you are like the witchy one in your friend group. And what, now there's going to be two witches in the friend group? I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> I think, I honestly, when I read this DM, I, I think to myself, like, this probably isn't going to go on that long. Like, she probably just had this, like, momentary inspiration of, like, wow, everything about your aesthetic is cool and I want it. If this behavior continues for, like, a couple years, DM me again and we'll talk but i think i think at this juncture when it's kind of all happening at once it's like this might just be a fleeting thing that she's going through and then next month it'll be a different friend that she's copying okay so our last one comes from a woman who's currently 19 weeks pregnant and is trying to take every precaution when it comes to her safety during the pandemic which very fair but her husband is wanting to break their bubble and see his out-of-state friend who will be flying in her husband thinks she's worrying too much. He says he knows that his friend doesn't have the virus because he has no symptoms. She is pretty sure that they drink when they're together, though, and let their guards down instead of staying safe. Given that her husband hasn't seen his friend in a long time, she wants to know if there's a way to handle this situation without destroying her relationship with her husband. Okay. <laughs> I'm with well, you, Steven. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, wa I want to start with the way that she phrased this question. Uh, you asked, what should you do to feel safe but not destroy your relationship? And let's be really clear here. Your husband is the one making you not safe, and he's the one destroying your relationship. I'm not sure there's anything you can do right now about this. There are only things he can do. And the thing he needs to do is not see his friend, period, end of story. This is a global pandemic. Everyone is making sacrifices. Some of those sacrifices have been very large. Frankly, if the worst consequence your husband suffers in this mess is that he can't see his drinking buddy, he should count himself really lucky. And needless to say, Casey kind of pointed this out when she was reading it, the argument about the friend not having symptoms is totally absurd, inane, and stupid. First of all, a lot of people who have the virus do not show symptoms. We know this. Second of all, this friend will be flying to your city on an airplane, which means that whatever his COVID status is now will be totally null and void by the time he reaches you. Uh, realistically, the only thing you could do in this situation 
would be isolate from your husband for two weeks after he sees his friend. But you're 19 weeks pregnant. You should not have to go without your partner for two weeks so he can like drink with a bud. Absolutely not. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give advice to you. I'm going to give advice to your husband. And it's actually pretty simple. Get your shit together. Stop being an asshole. Apologize to your wife for making her worry about this and tell your friend you'll see him on Zoom. Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful and I completely agree. Wow. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, nowhere in there does do they even imply that this friend who's flying in is going to quarantine or self-isolate themselves after travel. They're not going to be doing that. They just want to go out and drink right away, it sounds like. And yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm like, no, the only way this would possibly okay with, of course, making sure that his wife feels comfortable with it is the friend would then have to quarantine for the number of days that it said when you would show when you would uh, show symptoms and like, you know, five to seven days, then get tested, then wait for your test results. And then you could go get a drink again if your wife is comfortable. <laughs> and the fact that he the fact that the husband is demonstrating like a clear lack of knowledge about the virus gives me no faith that he would take any sort of precautionary steps. So to me this is just one of those times where it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's like he can't go. Period. And there's a baby involved. Oh, His, baby. His, His baby. His baby. <laughs> <laughs> you think going out drinking will ruin your relationship with your husband slash baby daddy? I don't know how strong this is. Nope. Yeah, I do worry about I do worry about that aspect of things too. You know, you are going to have a baby with this person and I'm not trying to like blow up your whole damn life and I think you should have this partner with you. But I do worry about what it means for you long term that he does not prioritize your safety or your comfort. Well, Stephen, as ever, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's a beautiful day, you guys. It's been a very long week, people, but it is finally over. We will be back with you on Monday when we're talking with Nerd Supreme, Felicia Day, about her new Twitch streaming series, Women Are. And remember, it's a really good weekend to not be on the internet. Your friends will text you if shit gets real. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Mandy Reeder, and Sierra Tall. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mongesha Ticketer, Samantha Hennig, Patrick McMenamin, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that a success story. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. 
And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague, Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations, we be the illest podcast. Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And break us off with some bread because we waiting on reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.